You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast that explores the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. Make sure to follow the Batman Book Club on Twitter at TheBatmanBC for the latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, and even some giveaways. You can follow me on Twitter at Lauer underscore Ryan, Lauer spelled like lower. The Batman Book Club is also a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network hosted by BatmanOnFilm.com. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com for a whole list of links to other nerdy podcasts that many of us would also enjoy and frolic about in our free time. And lastly, if you would ever be so kind, please take a moment to rate and review the show. The link to the Apple Podcast rate and review page of the show is in the description of this episode. The more reviews we get, it helps spread the word. And that word is panic. Now, as you can see in the description of the title of this episode, we are back for a fourth time with some uh, questions and answers, and I don't ever like to do this alone because that would be pretty boring. So what's better than one Ryan? It's two Ryans from Batman on Film himself. It is the sheriff of the podcast world, Ryan Haas. Hello, Ryan. (laughs) I don't know which one to go with, so I just did both. The sheriff of the future, he's got a laser gun going. Pew, 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 yeah, pew, yeah, pew, yeah. Pew, there you go. <laughs> or it's Lego Batman world. I don't <laughs> like, know. Exactly. It's always fun to hear on the other side of that because usually I'm the one, to, you know, shooting off a siren <laughs> so to, get, to get somebody else. To... <laughs> That's it's a Ryan fun. thing. It's, it's a Ryan thing. Yeah. How are you doing? How's it going? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I haven't been able to be on a podcast in a while, so I'm like just exhaling here and trying to see if I remember how to do this. <laughs> yeah. You weren't on too long ago. Back in October, you helped kick off the the month oh, of spookiness. Yeah. October that was that feels bold. like a thousand years ago. But I know. you know, I'm still oh. making my way. We talked about beverages back then, but yeah. and I'm still I'm still making my way through some of my Halloween themed coffee that I got. So it's late, so I need the coffee, and I'm I'm drinking like <laughs> I'm drinking witch's brew flavored coffee in a Batman '89 Batmobile mug. <laughs> So yes. it's like it's like coffee flavored with like vanilla, butterscotch, and rum flavors. So it's like oh, wow, it's definitely a cauldron of of fun. <laughs> it's getting the job done. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking. Um, I'm pretty boring. I have <laughs> Mountain H2- Dew. I have H. No H two O. H two Dew. Oh. Yeah. H2O. <laughs> H2O. H2O. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, no, just in a Batman cup. Not even my Batman Forever one. I go for when I podcast. I I pour most of the time into like a bigger cups so that I don't have to go refill mm. and leave the area. And those Batman mm-hmm. Forever glasses, as perfect as they are, they are smaller, so they're not. Mm. I get I get thirsty all the time. I get yes. very thirsty, so I need a bigger, yes. I need a bigger cup. So, um, yes. yeah, that's, that's my drink of choice, but you're back for your third time on the show. You have Ooh, caught up you're to, keeping track. you've caught up to Rob Myers. So <gasps> fantastic. He, I need to do more than him. Said, yeah. And I, you know I, heard, I heard, I heard what you said. Thing. <laughs> I 
I heard what you he said. said the same thing. And Rob was like, well, as long as I can beat Haas, then I'm good. And I'm like, no, no, no. I need to, I need to keep up my appearances here. You're still saying, hey, Laura, actually, I'm available every single week. I will read every book. I yeah. need to leave There's Rob lots Myers of books. in the dust. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to get on this show unless it's like a Q&A invitation only thing because you've, you've got a roadmap. You've got a whole, you've got so much in the queue that you're releasing multiple episodes a week. I can't keep up even listening to this bless, show. Bless your soul. I know. And the good thing about podcasting is that, you know what? You don't need to listen to it right when it gets out. It's not like you're going to get behind and spoilers yeah, but just or like anything comics, like that. But it's just like, like comics, it piles up and you don't want it to pile I know. up. That's true. I mean, I went a little gung-ho in, uh, in October and then also <laughs> kicked your off turtles, November. Your turtles two week. It was not one week. It was yeah. one and a half week. Well, actually, it was from Monday to Monday because a surprise... Uh... Uh, I mean, a little peek behind the curtain. Um, Twitter is a strange thing, and yeah. how I did not—I was not able to get a hold of John Samariva, the artist of Batman TMNT Adventures. Like, I just mm. like, okay, he's probably busy. It didn't get to him or whatever. And mm. I'd had the interview with Matthew Manning already done and everything, and then Garrett mm. and I did the review and all that stuff. And then John had—he reached out to us. Actually, it was just kind of like, oh, it was fun to listen to. But you guys talk about this and yada yada. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. It's like, we could turn this around and they could, they could make it in that Turtles week so it still fits. Because mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. at home is just making sure everything makes sense. And uh, yeah, John was like, sweet, let's talk. And I was like, yes, please. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, I hope whoever listened to that interview enjoyed it because Garrett and I had a blast because John was awesome. Matt was awesome as well. Yeah, I listen um, to all those, those episodes, just, and I oh. I've only li- I've only read maybe half of that series, and what? it was I think it was because it was one of the well, yeah, it was one of those things where I was picking it up as the issues were coming out, and then I was like, oh, I'll just wait for the trade because this is so good, and then I never got the trade or never uh, had access to it. <laughs> that's one you have you have a daughter, and she is a Batman fan. I, I don't know no, if she's a she, Turtles dude, fan. She loves the Batman Ninja Turtles movie. We have watched okay. that movie. I know that movie by heart. We have probably watched mm-hmm. it, no joke, at least 150 <laughs> times since it awesome. came out. And she, like we've talked about this before. For Christmas last year, we got her mm, almost all of the action figures, the DC Direct action yeah. figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she loves, she loves like, those things. She's going places. But what oh, I was yes. going to say is like, <clears throat> this is a comic you can read to her. So it should motivate you. Idea. Like, get. Get to that book because that book is freaking awesome. The, t- the Tynan Williams ones are a blast. I really like those two, but the TMT Adventures I'm one, just, that's, that's I my want, favorite. I have not read any of those, but um, my uh, our, my pal and our mutual podcast bro, Bat Bro, Matt Whaley, who was mentioned mm-hmm. on, ooh, not on this show, but uh, on Straight Outta Gotham. Shout out Straight Outta Gotham. Right. Um, <laughs> last episode. Uh, Wait, shout out to Peter Vera. Shout out shout to, to Eric Colesman. <laughs> yes, yes. I, we got to keep it up on this on this show. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, like um, but Matt Whaley. Shout out to Matt Whaley. He 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 has <laughs> always ta- talked about that um Batman Ninja Turtles series. Like every time it a new one would come out, he's like, dude, I'm telling you, it's it is legitimately amazing. And to know that it's mostly, you know, the most was the basis for that animated film. 
It definitely makes me want to read it, but you know, I'm just, now that there's three of them, it's a nice beginning, middle, and I don't know if it's an end or not, but there's three. It's a good trilogy. I, I want it. I want that absolute edition, you know? I know. I I want, that's what I want. You know, you know, my love for the Batman absolutes. As soon as they announce that they can bank that this guy is going to pay whatever the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. But I mean, I hopefully a deluxe version too, with the Batman TMNT adventures or something, because I mean, uh, yes. Matt and John both said like they'd be down for it. They, I like, know. And once and you, stuff, once so. you teased all the extra stuff, you know, about the, <laughs> the director's cut issue and stuff like that. That's not in the, I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Oh, we need a new one. <laughs> yeah. Those director's cuts, whoever has them, I'm a lucky one that has them, but it's like a charming, a charming little piece to a, mm-hmm. such a lovely little story. So, uh, yeah. So let's, let's dig in. I, I always send out the bat signal on, and I always say I left it out at the top of this show because the show is all about writing into the Batman book club at the Batman BC at gmail.com and send any questions or comments or you just ha- like, hey, what's your opinion on this? Send it our way. We'll eventually get around to a Q&A episode because I just I like answering Batman questions. It's the whole reason I have a podcast so I can talk about Batman. And yeah. some people like to hear other people's opinions, varied opinions or somebody needs somebody to um, make them feel better and right. answer the same as them so they don't feel and. Alone. And with the Q and A and and the Batman coffee in the coffee cup, this is literally Batman coffee talk. So I'm excited about this. <laughs> Batman coffee talk, coffee talk. Did you ever see that coffee talk? Sorry, going off. Did you ever see that SNL? Uh, those yeah. SNL skits. Oh my gosh, this coffee talk. This is in the early '90s, and Mike Myers was on it, and he loved Barbara Streisand. Barbara. Oh. Anyway, I hope somebody <laughs> listening to this understands what I'm talking about. And they always say, like butter, like a big stick of butter. I don't know if you ever heard that phrase. It came from that. Yes. Crickets. Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. So now we are entering the Batman Book Club mailbox. Let's kick it off here with Mr. Josh Williams. <gasps> Josh says, do you know... If Warner Brothers might be possibly developing or making any more films that are along the same style of Joker sometime in the future. Smaller budget films that are character studies based on a particular DC comic book character. More indie slash art house in style. I personally wouldn't mind seeing more of those types of films from DC films. I feel there's a vast number of characters from DC comics they could use if they choose to do so. And do a new fresh spin or a bold take with whatever character they pick. Mm. You go mm. first. You are the guest of honor, Mr. Haas. Well, if uh, so, can you read slowly? Let's, let's mm-hmm. do a little experiment here. Can you slowly, can you like say, can you start reading that question again from the beginning? Slower-ish. Sure. I okay. guess he had one, it was one question, then he kind of just explained in case we didn't yes. understand his question. He yes, said, no, you know I, no, if no. WB might Maybe. be possibly developing or making any more films that are along the same style of joker why would no we don't we don't know you don't know yeah we don't know anything but here i mean of course i would want that i think a lot of people would and Mm -hmm. it would be foolish for wb not to be considering it after the gargantuan success of todd phillips joaquin phoenix joker movie and after that movie came out you know last year aka a thousand years ago it feels <laughs> yeah. um there was like that rumor right right a couple weeks later that was like oh they're already thinking about the sequel which turned out to not really be a, a thing but they had already talked about you know if they could think of an idea for a sequel maybe they would do it so i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if warner brothers would be 
open to more filmmakers making pitches like Todd Phillips did for Joker, for other, um, you know, for other Batman villains or other DC Comics properties. The cool thing is that now we've got, there's so many avenues for storytelling right now between Mm -hmm. films and HBO Max TV series or shows and, um, and you know, the animation stuff we're getting, there's so many, there's so many different platforms, but there's also all these concurrent universes. Now we've got this DCU that's alive on the big screen. We've got the Zack Snyder stuff. That's kind of going to be in its own little closed off thing on HBO max. And then we've got Matt Reeves, Batman universe, which is going to be on the, on every, on both like the big screen and on HBO max. And we've got TV shows like, well, we had Gotham, but we, now we have Pennyworth and, and we've got Batwoman and stuff like that. So I think, I think that, um, between any and or all of those things, there there is um there's room for more um spin-off movies. I mean there could even be spin-off movies from the Batman like a Zoe Kravitz Catwoman movie. You know what I mean? Um but I don't know if an anthology movie series like Joker is is in the Joker cards, but but I'm because trying- there's so much there's so many DC things that's on the well, docket where- right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if they would be taking, you know, pitches for stuff, especially because they're, they like Joker was a lower budget thing and made so much money from that investment, you know, the power. So uh, I echo that. No, we don't know. Uh, businesses are businesses and their goal is to make money, not only because they're greedy, but you know what? People need jobs. They need to have jobs. They need what they're working for to make money. So there you go. Um, Joker made a shit ton of money so of course they're going to be like how can we continue to make money like this the i would love to see it a standalone sure focus on a villain why not it worked well with joker which was initially an idea that i was like and then as we slowly got more reveals i was like i'm in i'm in i'm in and then i was floored by the movie so the the um the hurdle for them is what villain has the named power like Joker. Uh, Luther. <laughs> I think Lex Luther might mm. be the only one, maybe Riddler or Catwoman, maybe penguin. Um, outside of that. And I know I'm strongly going toward like Batman only, but I think his, his villains yeah. and Lex Luther are kind of the only ones that have that with the general audience. Joker is known by people who don't read comic books. People mm-hmm. know who the Joker is. So mm-hmm. I think um, I'm really glad that they didn't announce of a whole line of like Joker works. So now we've got 17 others coming. It's like, no, make it special, space it out, whatever you're attempting to do next. Like, um, like give it time. Just come up with a story. Uh, that works. And um, I, yeah, I'm all for another one. I hope that they do it right. They're not going to strike, you know, gold twice, but I hope that they mm-hmm. do something that's just like focus on making a good movie. Oh, and by the way, it's also like a character study of a, of a known DC character. So mm-hmm. um, I've always, I've said for a long time. And then after Joker came out and this will never happen, but David Fincher, Oh, in a Riddler. style yeah. of the game, and it's called Riddler, and it looks like Seven, 
Oh my gosh, that would just be so perfect. That is my dream one. But with Riddler being used in Matt Reeves movies, I don't see that happening at all. So didn't he just? Anyways. didn't he just poo-poo the Joker movie just a couple days ago? Did he? Oh, Fincher. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think he, he more blasts, so. He I took the, the I Joker took the, as a betrayal of the mentally ill. Well, you know, I, that I don't know. He I didn't write stake into it. I, didn't read I focused. It I focused more on the fact of like his point, which was true of almost like that movie kind of wouldn't have gotten made if it wasn't called Joker. And then he focused on how gone girl, he wouldn't have been able to make that if it wasn't a successful uh, book that they could throw at the studio and be like, look how successful this is. And the point of uh, his, his almost like grudge of studios want, the big blockbusters only anymore. And he's like, that's mm-hmm. not what I do. And so therefore that's why he signed a, a deal with mm-hmm. Netflix, but mm-hmm. not defending him. That's just where I focused on, on the interview, but I saw what mm-hmm. you just said. He said, and mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh, okay. That's an opinion. And some people got angry about it. Okay. Others didn't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I will oh, never run into people, David Somebody Fincher, got angry so. about it, something. Somebody said <laughs> on the internet. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I'll never run into David Fincher, so it's kind of like I don't really have an opinion because I like his movies. Yeah, Whatever. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Our next question is from Mr. Jake Tyler. It says, in the Batman teaser, huh, the Riddler makes a reference to Batman near the end of the teaser saying Batman is a part of this. What does Riddler mean by that? Is Riddler trying to say Batman is more part of the problem than the solution or no? Any thoughts? And he has a second question, but let's answer the first one first. So when he says... um, you're part of this too. And that uh, Bruce says, how am I a part of this? And we take it that it's the Riddler, right? Like we're assuming that it's the Riddler. Let's say at this point that we don't know hundred percent that it's the Riddler, but we're pretty sure it is. And the Riddler mm-hmm. says, um, you'll see. Mm-hmm. So since we haven't seen the movie, what can make us think? Um, I have not read the, t- or I played the first chapter of the telltale series. Mm-hmm. I did not read the comic. Uh, the comic book tie-in not yet but the what i have come across and seeing online is people kind of say maybe the wings aren't as squeaky clean as we think and there's some Mm -hmm. connection with that uh and with that note you could finish this thought for me because i've said it enough to you i like it and for me it works better when the wings are squeaky clean it has a bigger it's more effective in Bruce's origin and his story. If they are the, the people that we should all aspire to be. And they Mm -hmm. were tragically taken out by crime. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, so to answer your question, Jake, that's kind of like where my mind went is maybe there's something with the Wayne family. Uh, And that's all I got. What do you think? Mm -hmm. So was who? Okay. So I need to, we need to keep this up. Who, who asked the very first question? Uh, <laughs> Let's go back to the very first question. We're oh, doing yeah. so, a great job here. We got a jo- uh, J show. The first one was Josh. Okay. This okay. is J. Okay. And more to come. More to come. <laughs> so Josh was first. Belated. Thank this you, Josh, Jake. for the first question. Jake yeah. is the second question. Thank you, Jake, for this question. Okay. So this was a two-part question. Should, are we but answering part only two the first? first okay. Part one first. Okay. Part one first about the Waynes specifically you no, went over he didn't say that that's just how i th- took it right yeah and you're a part that's, of this that's, how am i a part of this we'll yes see. what do we yeah, mean by that you'll see yeah so 
between the trailer and between what we've heard Matt Reeves kind of talk about, like in his fandom introduction, that's also kind of what I'm thinking is that there's something out of Bruce's control that he's involved in or part of either his parents or Wayne enterprises or something related to something connected to him that is part of the underbelly of corruption that Matt Reeves talked about. Um, and yes, I've played the, and that's part of, uh, you know, you see elements of that in, uh, the court of owls a little bit. I think you see a lot of that, like you were saying in the telltale Batman telltale series. Uh, and I played both seasons of that and really enjoyed them. I haven't read the comics yet, but that's definitely on my to-do list. Um, the problem I see, I also agree with you about the Waynes. I like it when they're, I mean, good people and, setting an example for the city. The problem with making the Waynes dirty or corrupt or whatever is that when, once you open that box, it kind of forces the story to be about that instead of Hmm. Batman moving forward. It's like Batman has to deal with that instead of the normal things you as a person that experiences Batman media wants to see Batman interact with. It's always, it's so once that box is open, you it, it, Batman's got to funnel it through that context until he solves that problem. But it is another problem for him to solve. And it's one that hasn't really been explored that way on film. I mean, so far it's just been like, my parents are dead. My parents are dead. My parents are dead. But now we if that happens, it's like, oh, we can't get away from the parents. And now, now they're dead and corrupt and now to deal with that. So I'm not going to say if that, if they're involved in all that, that it's going to ruin the movie for me or anything, but yeah, it's going to need to be really compelling. And I, and I have, I have complete faith that it will be, but, but I also think it's obviously going to be very tied into the story and uh, make Bruce face his inner demons and make him question why he's being Batman. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he's going to find out, he, you know, by the end of it, if uh, he's going to be Batman because he has to be here because he chooses to be. Because I choose to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we don't know. We'll see. We'll we don't see know how it plays out. And you know what? If the Waynes aren't squeaky clean, I'm not saying I'm not going to like that movie. I'm just saying, right. Preferably before I just, see just, anything. Just like, just like yeah just like joker was like a joker origin movie that's stupid and then it comes out we're like that was great so what do we know <laughs> us, us fans never learn yeah shut our mouths and wait until we read or watch whatever his second the second part of jake's question is what is the earliest memory of reading a batman comic were you drawn to batman oh. after that or did some other event slash tv show draw you further into being a batman fan well the earliest memory I have of reading a Batman comic is Detective Comics number 612, written by the wonderful Alan Grant, illustrated by the phenomenal Norm Brayfogle. And it mm. is Batman laying on the ground, scratched up by cats, and then in, kind of in silhouette with his symbol glowing is Catman, and fully silhouette oh. is Catwoman, and like a big cat which you'd assume is like a tiger that is in front yes that's my earliest memory because something about that image haunted me and i was scared for batman 
And then I remember my, my mom was a babysitter at the time. Like I was like four or five and I'd gotten that Mm -hmm. comic. It was in that stack of comics given to me that my, uh, uncle had told me about or no, mm-hmm. that I'd mentioned on the show. No, no, no. It was before that. Actually. I don't know how I came across just this issue by itself and the babysitting kids while they were supposed to have nap time, got into my books and they oh. tore this to shreds. Oh. And I was oh. so sad because I was like, I love that comic. Uh, that's so that's what sad. sticks in my mind of it being my favorite. But then fortunately in that stack of comics I've referenced on the show many times from my uncle was mm-hmm. detective comics, six twelve. So I have that issue. Phew. Ooh, that's that the actual, earliest I can remember. That actual issue that or, or a yes. copy of it? Oh, nope. nice. That actual issue. Yeah. Nice. So that um that is my earliest memory. And I got it, I mean, basically like when it came out. So, I mean, it came out in 1990. So, yeah, I was uh I was four <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I had it. Uh, yeah. yeah. What about you? What's your Mine, earliest memory? You know, as a as a. As a fellow a Ryan, too. oh yes, as a fellow Ryan that's uh, into Batman and around the same age, my story is shockingly similar. Ooh. I remember the first Batman comic I owned. That was back in the days in the early '90s when you could go to the grocery store and and we didn't have a spinner rack, but we just had a big like magazine rack, and uh, we had you could get that month's Batman, you know, and mm-hmm. um. I remember getting the first comic book I ever owned that was mine was Batman 460, which is a Catwoman story illustrated what? by Norm Bro- Brayfogle. <laughs> yes. Yes. So awesome. So, and it was, and I was always intrigued by it because, and I think I've talked about this on some other podcast, maybe a BOF show or something, but it's, it's Batman 460. You only see Batman in silhouette in the back of the issue and it's Catwoman front and center. So it's kind of an odd first comic to get, but I remember seeing it be like, Oh, what is this? This is crazy. And, and then the interior art just blowing my mind with all the crazy, like, um, Norm Bray Fogle fa- character, facial expressions and stuff like that. And I remember reading that thing cover to cover until it was just like a crumpled mess, you know? And I think I still mm-hmm. have it somewhere in like the, um, the cover had fallen off and I'd stapled it back together and all that. So, um, that, that was is back that... when we read comics, how they were supposed to be read. Exactly. And now we're exactly. like, no, 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 put it back and board it. We can't read it. Let's look at it on digital, but I have it, but I've yeah. never opened it. The issues by the, by the hardcover, by the absolute, and then just uh, read it. digital. <laughs> and look at some of these, look at some of these names attached with this though. When you, when you look it up, it was like, Writer oh, no. Alan Grant, penciler Norm Brayfogle, inker Tim Sale. I know, yeah, exactly. Letter, Tim- letterer Todd Klein, editors Denny O'Neill. Like, oh, yeah, it's just what like a time to be alive. Titans of the industry, colorist Adrian mm-hmm. Roy. Like, she, I mean, man, booyah, amazing stuff, fantastic. So, let's keep the J train going. Joe Fields Ooh. has a question Ooh. for us, Joe. <laughs> He says, very curious about something. Ooh, another flash. From, so, of course, we love comics, but I like talking movies, too. Uh, very curious about something with the Flash film. Well, Flash slash Batman film. Mm. How are they going to make having two Batman work? 
they going to explain it by saying they are from different universes or timelines? Maybe somebody already explained the reasoning behind it. I just haven't heard how they are going to explain that part. So is Keaton's Batman going to be in other DC films outside of the Flash film, none of which we will have anything to do with Matt Reeves' Batman film? Is that correct? Zero tie-ins? Just trying to make sure I understand it. Joe, I totally understand your question. Mr. Haas, you can go first. It's a mystery. Ah. We don't know. That's we don't know anything. That's that's the ongoing theme of the of the night. I think for me, it's going to be much more fun to just let this play out and see. And because we do know, here's what we do know: there are two Batman, at least two Batman, mm-hmm. in the Flash movie. They're not going to not explain it. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be part of the story and they're going to tell us whether it's a um, alternate universe or flash screwed stuff up or I'm pretty sure they're going to do the multiverse angle so they can bring in people, you know, characters from other universes. It, it wouldn't make much sense to bring in Michael Keaton's Batman if he wasn't Michael Keaton's Batman. You know what I mean? It would be like, oh, Batman's just older and he Ben Affleck magically just looks like Michael Keaton. So I'm I'm sure the multiverse will be involved and there will probably be some sort of thing where the Flash messes up the DCEU timeline and they can change whatever they want in that in that timeline. But also maybe bring in they could like transplant the Keaton Batman from his multiverse on into the current DCEU. Like they could do whatever they want. And and that's kind of what they did in the comics too, where they brought the, uh, the original uh, 90 Superman into current new 52 continuity. so they can get rid of their new 52 Superman <laughs> and bring back the one that people wanted to read it. You know what I mean? So, which is like a shockingly similar thing that they could do in the movies. Mm-hmm. So, they're just, they're literally opening the door to the multiverse so they can do whatever they want to do. So we'll wait and see. There's, I honestly don't know how much, well, first of all, Michael Keaton was on Jimmy Kimmel recently and Kimmel asked him about it. And it is still, I guess, like technically it is not a done deal. Mm. Technically. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll wait and see. It seems like it's going to be, but I mean, who knows? We don't know. Us as, uh, (laughs) DC fans. I mean, (laughs) we're kind of used to things being announced and then something happens. Right. Um, but let's pretend that it's going to be a done deal and Michael Keaton's coming. Batman on film. Shout out to Bill Jet Ramey. Uh, he has posted articles. So this isn't my genuine thought because I'm, this is where I came across from it of, the future DC EU Batman right. will be Michael Keaton. Right. And, and so by that being said in one of the posts on the website led to believe in my head, Affleck is going to be there almost like in the handoff. So for yes. me, like how does it play in my mind? And I have no freaking clue uh, is almost like, because it's Ezra Miller's flash we're starting somehow with Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Multiverse is being introduced. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. This is not like Ryan. Ryan has it solved. It's like, no, I've read the articles online from not like some rinkydink.com theories, but like, you know, Hollywood reporter and stuff, what they've released. And it just kind of seems like Affleck's there to help like 
we're going to transition into the multiverse and then it's mm-hmm. going to turn into Keaton who will then have it, it. Yeah. Have it for future future movies, whatever. He's going to be kind of like the Batman. So I think mm-hmm. it'll be cool to see how that plays out. Um, I don't think we're going to see Ben Affleck suited up as Batman fighting criminals next to Michael Keaton dressed up as Batman and Jack Nicholson's Joker is coming back. And like, I don't think we're, we need to definitely no. have expectations in, in check <laughs> Yeah, for what we're going to see from anything. But I'm excited for the idea. I think it's going to be something we haven't seen before. And it's going to be. Oh really yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm super stoked about that. Yep. Oh, you hear that? Choo choo. J trains continuing on Ooh. next stop. Jeffville. So we've got a Josh, a Jake, a Joe, and now a Jeff. Oh my gosh. Short and sweet. I like this, Jeff. Do you have a favorite single issue of a Batman comic? Oh, we've talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) I got to go first. Oh, crap. Oh, man. I I struggle with single issues because so many things that I read are, you know, like, you know, the uh, like Legends of the Dark Knight hardcover series that they, they release and it's got like Bray Fogel's run in it, which is, you know, like 15 issues and mm-hmm. Kelly Jones books mm-hmm. that have like 12 issues in them and stuff. But mm-hmm. definitely one that stands out is for reasons I already explained was that detective comics, six twelve. Um, cool. I just thought it was it's like, I don't know. So it just stands out to me. I just really like, I really like that issue. How about you? What first comes to it, mind? Is it, is it bad to have my redundant answer of Batman confidential 49? It's just the one that's so, that just sticks out in my head. Whenever somebody know. says like, what's a one single one and done Batman issue, you know? Um, so like that one, I mean, it's just like a cool, it's got a cool cover. It's got a cool one and done story. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's quintessentially Batman. So I would p- pick that one. And then I would pick pretty much any of the single issues in Paul Dini's detective run. And I was just going to say detective 826. 826 is the, Tim Drake Christmas uh, yes. Joker one, that which is such great. a highlight. Yep. Yep. But I guess Robin's more of the uh, star in that one than Batman is. But uh, yes, yes. Technically, it is Detective Comics, which is a Batman book. So yes. there you go. Batman Detective Comics. There you go. There you go. And you know what? Yeah, I don't think I updated on this that you'd mentioned that Batman Confidential issue. And I mm-hmm. found it. I, I found it in the back issue section of a comic shop and I bought it and read it and it lived up to the hype. All right. Love it. All right, Jeff. Thanks for the question. Next up is Jack. Oh, what? We've got another one. Woo. <clears throat> oh man. Oh, he's got a he's got a long he's got a long thing here. Um Jack is just oh, this is just an appreciation email. Well, I'm oh. not gonna toot my own horn. Doot doot. But I will say that Jack says he's a huge fan and truly loves the podcast. My favorite thing about it is that it has given people the chance to talk about lesser known stories. And has gave them the attention that they would not normally receive. A that's great, men, Jack. That's kind of, of course, we're gonna do, we're gonna do uh, the big, you know, the the big ones. Like the next issue yes. is Hush. So of course oh, we're gonna do this. We covered Year that? One, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and such. But then we get the Justin Thrill Killers who say Thrill Killer exactly. <laughs> or my, then, or the uh, episode I would did like with Child of Dreams or or yes. the. Or the Halloween stuff when you get your your single issue. There's a good single issue. You're your brave and the bold, you know, mm-hmm. Batman in House of Mystery stuff. It's really just a cool, 
show with a framework that's wide open enough to to hide. but as long as it's batman as long as it's one of the yeah. hundred thousand batman stories exactly and that's the only episode but you were on for october is the only episode that covers one single issue everything oh, else has so been far. a longer story or something because everybody wants the big the big books and that's hey that's mm. fine that's a-okay but i mean a single issue too is just as fine so jack yeah. um he's from scotland He's, he's writing this in. So thanks. That's thanks, fantastic. Jack. We are going international lately with the Batman Book Club, okay? With John, mm. our interview, he's from Australia. Batman now Jack Book Club from Incorporated. Woo! <laughs> yes. Next up, Grant Morrison. Hey, he's Scottish. Stick yes. With, uh, yes. Stick with this. Uh, with you know who else likes single issues, back issues? Our pal Pete Vera, shout out to Pete Vera. He he he's been <laughs> texting us like so many. I'll go get a text, be like, check out this single issue. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Love this back issue. Oh my god. <laughs> but it, but it's like he's texting us his stuff and it's great. And he's and he just yeah. has been reading all these things and he'll be like, Oh, this is a great single issue. This is a great so issue. So we because we we write reviews for Batman on film, we get the we get to read we get digital versions available for us early before release date. Mm-hmm. And Pete mm-hmm. has to write reviews on not has to. It's a. It's a like we he have gets a choice. To. <laughs> yeah, he gets to. He gets to write for uh, the reviews for Detective Comics. And though he mm. does have access early, he's like, I'm waiting until it comes out to my comic book shop, and I'm going to get it. I'm going to hold that physical copy in my hands and read it that way. He is committed, and I totally yes. respect that. Yeah, his long box collection. I've seen it. He's taken pictures. It's it ridiculous. Is remarkable. It's, it's remarkable. Yeah. All right, so moving on because I'm jumping into another J, our last J. Oh, okay. So uh, thank you, Josh, Jake, Joe, Jeff, and Jack. And we're gonna end it with Javi. So it's not oh. a, it's not a, it's, a <laughs> it's a soft J, but it's still a J. It still counts. Javi, who's Fantastic. been on this on this show before, a lovely gentleman, also uh, BOF uh, brethren. So shout out yes. to Bill Jet Raimi. Shout out to Javi Trio. Uh, Javi says asks do you feel three jokers is superior to the killing joke what legacy oh, no. do you think it will leave on batman <laughs> oh, no who's going first on this one? Oh, i want to go first to get it out of the way all um, right you got both, it. Open, both open my snickers bar and eat it so i don't get so too grumpy here but um <laughs> how does killing... <laughs> a fool's errand a folly if you will to <laughs> To try to, to compare You can't just them. answer the damn question. You got to no, go all philosophical. No, no, you know, I mean, to compare them or do the greater than, less than thing, the Twitter poll, maybe that's what you should do. Do a do a Batman Book Club Twitter poll Ooh, and make Snickers, make Snickers Bar the third option. Um, they both feed off of each other, which really uh-huh. is better Hold on. Then, Before you go any further, if you haven't read three three jokers, oh, uh, possible spoiler alert. Just throwing yes. that out there. Okay, carry yes, on. Yes, and I, you know, and uh, I run the the BOF Instagram uh, page. Shout out to BOF's Instagram, aka me. <laughs> um, and I've been posting about three jokers lately, and and just today I got a um, I got a message from somebody that was like. Should I read Three Jokers? I I I have I I've, I haven't been able to find a good consensus on whether it's good or not. And I was like, well, you should read Ryan Lauer's reviews on on Batman on film. Shout out to Ryan Lauer. And oh, bless you. And I was like, absolutely read it. 
it's a must read whether you like it at the end or not like how are we we don't know if you're going to like it but it's damn good and most of the people that i've talked to that i opinions i respect and stuff like liked it and i was and and this was when i was so anticipating three jokers that i didn't really care to read reviews beforehand but i just wanted to experience it and and then make my own mind up but yeah mm-hmm. it's almost like i was saying it's almost better that both stories feed off of each other and make each other better in a way than one being better than the other and since three jokers is so new i think it's a little a little premature maybe to say it's the better book but it's not premature to say i en- you that you might enjoy it more or that it's it yeah. is better or that you think in 10 years or 5 years or 10 years that it prob- it might have longer lasting um staying power than the killing joke will it i doubt it just because the killing joke itself is so ingrained in that top tier batman pantheon for better or worse it is more it is more infamous than famous or famous yeah. as it were because of what it does it's a very controversial book i mean you've talked about it on this show before and that's the thing it's like it's a rough book um but what three jokers and and you wouldn't get three jokers without the killing joke and what is cool about it 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 takes that book it recontextualizes it and it says a lot about batman and some and and obviously the joker and 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 batgirl and and red hood um so i don't know i i need to read three jokers more but uh but i tell you what i am enjoying dissecting and talking about and reading three jokers Mm-hmm. Probably more than I ever have the Killing Joke. So, well, the Killing Joke is going to be on this show at some point, and I cannot wait to break that one down and talk mm-hmm. with it to somebody else because mm-hmm. uh, I have thoughts, and that is not meant to imply those are positive or negative. I'm just saying I have thoughts, and I would love to. It's multiple that choice book. thoughts. Exactly. Um, I will say that for me, I want to give it a little bit of time and revisit. Because mm-hmm. I read The Killing Joke and my thoughts were different with that book from when I first read it until a couple readings later and a few years later. So mm-hmm. to compare something, uh, I Three Jokers is still really fresh uh, at the time of this recording. It hasn't even been a month since the the finale was released. So that story and the trade, like the collection just came out too. So yes. I need, I need, I've given it a little bit of space. I need to go back and just do a long sit and, um, a long sit through and just read it all. So I want to, I want to do a hobby. Yeah, I know. I didn't really answer either, but I, I, I do want to, cause I got the Barnes and Noble hardcover right here Ooh, mm-hmm. because we're on a show. You know, open it. There you go. <laughs> I could open it, but but I want to do I want to do a a binge back to back binge read. I want to read uh, Killing Joke and then Three Jokers back to back and see 
you know, how they play off of each other and stuff like that, because they, they really talk to each other, you know, both in content visually and, you know, mm-hmm. narratively. So I'll, I'll give you this answer, Javi, so that there's at least some kind of an answer. They're <laughs> very comparable in. I like that comparable. Very comparable. They, they can go hand in hand. And right now I will say Instantly, they are equal. I have mm. to choose Killing Joke or Three Jokers. I could not choose right now. Um, but if you mm-hmm. want to hear more dissection of that, my own self-plug, shout out to the Batman Book Club. Episode 27, Rob <laughs> Myers, shout out to Rob Myers, was on to talk Three Jokers. And we talked mm-hmm. a buttload about that. Also, friends of the show, Mr. Chris Clow and Paul Herman, their podcast, The Comic Bench. Shout out to Chris yes. Clow. Shout out to Paul Herman. Shout out to The Comic Bench. To the comic they bench. just wrapped up their uh, their wrap up. They covered each issue on its they own. Co- yeah, I, they, I, did it, they did it as each issue came out. So that's a cool, if you haven't read it, that's a cool way mm-hmm. to, to do it. Like you can listen to, you can read, read and listen, one, read, listen, and read, listen. listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And they gave some perspectives, some perspectives cause they're really smart and they're big uh, comic fans. And it was really cool listening to some things I hadn't thought about yet. So that's what I mean of mm-hmm. like, I need to revisit it because I know there's going to be other things now just sitting and reading it all together that I'm going to be like, Oh, Oh, not that I missed it before, but there's just going to be some ideas and probably some, oh, this does click or maybe this doesn't click mm-hmm. as good as it could. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Javi. And because this just goes right in, that fits together. This is from Nick Zednick, one of the uh, Vigilante 1939 boys. Shout out to their podcast. Ooh. He asks, with the success of Three Jokers, what villain or villains would you like to see next in a black label style? I'm going to go oh. first. Okay. Because uh, there was a book that came out in 2019. It was called Harleen. It was released mm. black label style in the magazine format. My favorite book of the year. How much I loved Three Jokers this year. That's how much I loved Harleen last year. The style. It was written and uh, drawn by. I do not even want to try and pronounce the man's name. Because I will butcher it. Saijik? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Just type in Harleen if you didn't. The book is freaking amazing. And on that format, it looks so good. And he's not done. He has ideas for a Poison Ivy uh, book similar to this, this style. And I cannot wait if that does come to fruition. So anything that guy wants to do, I am game. But if you say, um, because, first of all, if we're going to do another black label book, I want the magazine format. I love the magazine format. Uh, if it has to be a DC character, make it Riddler. I think we need Mm -hmm. more Riddler or egghead egghead. If we're going to step outside of, let's get out of the Batman universe and let's go something really kind of unique and out there. I'd say it'd be really cool to see in that format, pretty dark and stylized a, uh, a Jonah hex. Oh, let's get a Western comic. Why not? That could be cool. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Oh, he I said villains. Oh, I kind of. Oh, screwed did he say up. villains? He did. Hmm. But there you go. There's some little bonus. I said poison oh, ivy and Riddler. Then I said Jonah Hex. Okay, go ahead. I, if you said Riddler, may I would pick somebody like, um, like my easy to go to answer would be like a penguin because. 
we had like Penguin Pain and Prejudice. If we had another, yes. if we had another book kind of like that, books that like take those more gimmicky characters and kind of explores their inner workings and psychological profile a little bit. I mean, it's it's it actually doesn't get done that often in comics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the another one I think would be really challenging, but really cool and fascinating could be uh, a Killer Croc one. Because yeah. his initial interpretation in the comics was a, he was like kind of Bane esque, right? When he was he was like he was a lot smarter. He was like had the brains and the brawn. He was trying to take over the city from the underground and stuff like that. So I think really exploring that angle of him again, like it, instead of being just the big brutish guy, I think could be really fascinating too and, mm-hmm. and the black label would have the space to kind of go to yeah. darker places and more psychological or, or or scary uh graphically visual places that could could be worth exploring nice yeah i like that yeah uh we're gonna move along now to george sands and he's kind of got a two-parter first one is quick and i'll just answer of do you know if the Tom King Batman Catwoman Catwoman uh, series is going to be a comic miniseries with a certain number of issues, or is it going to be a brand new ongoing monthly title? Um, that is a twelve-part series. I think yep. it's labeled even Black Label, but it's, I think it is now. Yeah, it's a twelve uh, twelve issue series. Hopefully, everything gets to stay on because that book was supposed to come out. I think January of this year. And now it's getting a 12 month pushback. So hopefully it'll be able to be right. released um, every month on release date because mm-hmm. um, that would be great. So there you go. 12 mm-hmm. issues. You got this. Um, his second question is, Oh, do you have a favorite bat suit from a Batman comic or at least a top five Ooh. or top seven? Oh, at goodness. least a okay. top five or top seven. <laughs> you could just say one, just go with one. A little peek behind the curtain. I gave Mr. Haas a quick heads up on this one. So in case you want to do your research, uh, because when I read it, I'm like, oh, I need to look and come up with the list. So uh, just just shout them off. What do you what do you got? What do you think? So I don't have a top seven, but that's, you know, when you when you say a question like that, what's cool about Batman costumes is that especially in this modern era, you can or, or, you know, across the board. It's a little bit more beyond just the visual. Oh, I like the way that looks, which of course that is a part of it. But the bigger part to me being a lifelong Batman fan is that you can look at, you can be shown an image of a certain Batman costume and and be transported to like, Oh, that's that arc or that run or that era of the character. Even more modern stuff. I can, you could show me something being like, oh, that's Dick Grayson, you know, when Dick Grayson was Batman, or that's the rebirth Batman, or that's, oh, that's when Bat, you know, uh, that's when the Hush era was and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool how the, the suit kind of goes along with certain arcs or certain runs or certain movements of the DC universe. Um, but having said that, um, my my perennial go to answer is the is the the Norm Bray Fogel costume just because it's mm. it's it the way he drew it and the way it looks it's 
it's sleek. It's still the the blue and gray, but it can get darker. He, he can be in shadow. He the proportions are cool. The belt looks nice and sleek. It's got the yellow oval still, but I mean Batman still Batman just looks great in there. Um, the other one is the uh, which is also comparable would be the uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez Batman. He did a bunch of the covers, and he, mm-hmm. um, you know, back in the seventies and eighties, and he did some interior art and stuff like that. I mean, if you saw any like. If you, and if you look him up, any of his art is like the quintessential, like branding branded Batman of the eighties, like, like the superpowers action figures. Like, it's just like the, if you got a coloring book and looked mm-hmm. at Batman, this is, it's, I mean, so that's kind of what's burned into my brain too. So I love those. Um, but then, you know, just, but then you can think of, so those would be like my top two, but just thinking off the top of my head, you can go, you can go to very specific ones like, um, like a Tim sale because Tim sale would only pop up for like very specific stories like, Oh, long Halloween. That's cool. Or Frank Miller, you know, that's dark Knight returns. That's cool. Or even, um, uh, the Matt Wagner ones, because he did those, he did some arcs and some art for the main title, but you know, he also had the, the dark moon rising series and, I just love his art and the way that he drew those books too. Um, so those are, so that, that's probably seven ish. <laughs> so. Yeah. That'll, that'll go to seven. Uh, I've got six. <laughs> so, and just to listen, we'll just go in. I don't know that I want to say even a particular order. Cause I, I love them all. But yeah. I mean, yeah. Noel by Lee oh, and Romano. Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones. Ooh, Kelly Jones. Hmm. Delicious. Uh, Noel by Bermejo. So hold on. Him and Norman Brayfogle are, are probably my mm. top. It's between those mm-hmm. two. Um, I also Bermejo's really great. obviously dig Hush, Jim Lee's version. Uh, his. Mm-hmm. I also actually really like Lee's New 52 version. That's black. Um, black and gray. I like that version. And then kind of like a different stylized, almost hush version, but it's the blue and the gray is the story that I constantly talk about from Batman Legends of the Dark Knight issue mm. number 207 through to 11, the darker than death storyline. Uh, it's drawn by Ariel Olivetti and it's mm-hmm. a painted style, but it's still yes. like, man, it's. It's yeah. it's Batman and he is massive yeah. and he looks cool as hell. Um yeah. those are my those are my quick kind of shout outs. The, the last one's kind of like the uh kind of like the what do you want to call it? Almost like the out there pick and all the, the rest of pick. There yeah. you go. And all the others, like people are like, Oh yeah, Noel, oh yeah, Jim. I know oh, what you're yeah, talking Ray about Pogo though, Pogo. the Ariel Olivetti one. And that's mm-hmm. if you're just listening, it that's worth like a Google. <laughs> worth a Google. <laughs> so like because uh, it's cool. It's a cool look for sure. Thank you. Thank you for that. And uh shout out to Zach Galifianakis for voicing the Lego <laughs> Joker. <laughs> I picked up on that. Shout out to Chris McKay who directed that movie. <laughs> exactly. Um we're gonna move along now to oh my Gosh, we're back to the Vigilante 1939 podcast. This is Nicholas oh. Caruso. This is Daddy Batman. Nick. <gasps> Hallelujah. Daddy. Yeah, Daddy Batman. Uh, 
He says, Ryan, if this has been asked before, please disregard. Who never disregard. Wait, is he asking you or me? (laughs) (laughs) He's asking us. He knew you were going to be on. That's how how prophetic this guy is. Uh, He says, what is one of your favorite Batman comics that is a self-contained single issue story? For example, one of mine is Detective 457. There is no hope in Crime Alley. Keep up the great work. Let's go. Nicholas Caruso Sr. Daddy Batman. I know that we've said this already now. We've discussed this already in this Q&A episode. But I believe I said Batman 612 was one of my favorite, was like my favorite single issue. But I'm going to cheat and say Detective Comics number 826 is a great Mm. one shot Batman story. But it is the Joker is Santa Claus, steals a car and kidnaps Tim Drake as Robin. They one issue runoff. It's fantastic. Uh, if in, somebody hasn't read it, it's the perfect time of year to read that one. And it's on DC Universe. Shout out to DC Universe. Mm. So there you go. That's that one. There's the always, always Joker's five way revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I so if I have Sorry, to pick another Batman two fifty one. I guess oh. wait, which one is that, Ryan? <laughs> Batman 251, Joker's Five-Way Revenge is a usually a go-to, a classic, but uh, that one's fantastic. Okay, go ahead. Mm. So if I had to pick another one, I would pick um, Detective Comics 439, Night of the Stalker. Mm. I, I might just leave it at, leave it at that, but leave it at uh, that. it's it's um it's on Michael Uslan's list. Shout out to Michael Uslan. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just, yeah. Detective comics, four thirty nine, Night of the stalker. It's a good one. I have the physical copy of that because it's one of those that are just like, Oh, I need that. Like, P- like Pete Vera. It's like, I need that key issue. It's a key <laughs> issue. It's a good one. I need it. I want it. So, uh, daddy Batman, thank you for the question. I appreciate it. And let's move right along to, <gasps> I guess you could say, bah, 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 bah. Grundy <gasps> alert. Bah, 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 bah. Peter, Peter Vera, Jersey's finest. Shout out to Peter Vera. He asked us, what type of stories do you prefer? One-shot issues or multiple <laughs> issue arcs? And then let's answer that one, and then I'll continue with the with the second question. So, Hoss, what do you prefer? Do you prefer one-shots or multiple issue arcs? <sighs> I'm of two minds on that, just because it's like, if they're one and done, boy. I'm a mine, makes a mookie. I yeah. <laughs> it's like if they're one and done, it's like, oh, that was a great issue. Or if it if it's not great, you're like, well, there's another one. And but if it's a longer drawn out thing, you can either be like, oh, I need to I want can't wait for this crossover to end or this multi-part thing to end. Or if you're really into it, it's like you're you're into it, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Your two big examples, I think, your two maybe best. No, well, there's more, but you have like your hut. You have like Hush and uh, Court of Owls, and those are like bigger, twelve issue, longer stories. But each issue is self contained enough, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the Paul Dini Detective Run. I think honestly, I would pick the Paul Dini Detective Run all day because it's nice self-contained issues, but it's, it's set up kind of like, 
um, like newspaper strips were back in the day. Like they, they would, they would plant the seeds for other things like in that issue, but they're mostly, they're 95% standalone. And you know what? A bunch of the comics that Chuck Nixon wrote in the nineties on the, in, in detective and Robin and others were set up that way where they would be like one and dones, but, and not really multi-part things, but there was always an ongoing narrative linking each story in addition to the A story. You know, you, you would have your A story in the issue, but then you had to have a B and a C plot kind of going running concurrently too. And you read some of those recently too, didn't you? Like in the a trade, the, the night out trade. Yeah, that was a good run. It was enjoyable. I really, that was so first I, time I want my yeah, cake and eat really it, I, and eating it too. That's what I want. I want like the, the Chuck Dixon, Paul Dini kind of style of like, it's a single issue, but stuff still moves along, you know? Well, so this is what, this is what I think. The, the it's kind of counterproductive in a way of, so usually let's stick strictly to the detective comics and Batman titles. They're usually now arcs. They just mm-hmm. are. They're hardly ever just one-offs, and you're, like you're good. Um, yeah, they're one-offs if it, there's like if they're like a fill-in. So or if they're arcs, it's hard to get new readers to pick up comics because they're like, I don't know what happened before this or after this, and also somebody can be totally intimidated by, oh, this is issue 103 i've got 102 issues to go even though 103 is the third part of a new art you know what i mean and that can get confusing so it can be intimidating but also and so let's say then if you just do one shots well then everybody can pick up a comic and be on the same page all the time that's that doesn't necessarily bring the same people back every issue so they're not if at least you start an arc, you're like, well, I got to see how this finishes. So DC's like, well, at least we got them hooked until this arc's over. And that's their, mm. so I just kind of feel like that's kind of like the, the tricky play. And fortunately, mm-hmm. fortunately for me, I'm just a fan. So I just choose, <laughs> but, uh, I've had trouble strictly remembering issues during, like during this recording, specific one shot issues Mm-hmm. because everything's arcs that I'm remembering. Like they're the lasting right. impact because we get more of those than just runoffs. We go back to, you know, you dip into uh, the seventies and stuff like sixties and obviously the earliest of yeah. Batman. And of course everything's one-off, but uh, that stuff, at least from like, you know, thirties, forties, fifties kind of all blend together for me. Um mm-hmm. It wasn't till Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams that specific issues, Night of the Stalker, yeah. specific, and No Hope in Crime Alley, like that yeah. starts to stand out. Um, I don't know. I the thing is, we're getting arcs now, so I'd say yes, I want one one shots. If we only got one shots, and I think I'd say I want arcs. But there's so many other. We've got Black Label now, which is doing multi issue right. arcs, but that are like ranging from the Batman Catwoman of Tom King. That's going to be twelve issues to three Jokers. That was only three. So right. there's kind of your variety of arcs to where they could make Detective and Batman just kind of one shots, which Detective's kind of been doing for a while. And Peter J. Tomasi or Tom and Z, as our boy Peter <laughs> would say, he like he's nailing it. The one shot, like yeah. I'd, I'd say, he's doing what Denny was doing that Denny really 
mm. that he did well. I think mm-hmm. I think Tomasi's kind of been doing that really well on Detective. His, Tynan's, his, his, Tynan's uh, doing the arcs on Batman. Right. Yeah. T- Tomasi's Rebirth Superman book was also like that, like that Dini style of like one and done, but with a larger continuity at play. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a strict, a strict one right now of like, which I would, I would choose. So I'm being very political and not giving an answer, but I'd say right now I'm getting arc. So between Batman and detective, I'm getting an arc and I'm getting one shots. And I think the one yeah. shots are, are much better. So eh, that's just me. Yeah. Second part of his question is, are you guys excited for the next DC crossover endless winter? I'll say, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've heard of it, but I'm not caught up. So I don't, care. I don't get excited. I don't get excited for crossovers. I, yeah. Call me an, call me an old man. I just get turned off cloud. almost immediately. Yep. I do too. Just because it, I, I like containment. So there's my, I guess I'd lean yeah. a little bit more toward one shots because I like containment of stories and not like, well, if you want the whole thing, you've got to reach out here and here. And it's like, and it's a, <sighs> this one, I'm sorry, Pete, but this one is a, is a justice league thing. So it's like justice league, flash, Superman, Aquaman, teen Titans, black Adam. Like it's nothing that I'm excited to jump out and get anyway. If it was like a Batman crossover, like Joker war, it'd be like, Oh man, I got to get like Batgirl and Nightwing and, you know, and Red Hood and Batman and Detective. Okay. Like, I kind of like that when it does happen because this is what I've done with Joker War. And I, I have not read it yet, but I've, I've like, oh, this is great. It's like a big info dump of a bunch of Batman. And that's cool. Now that it's over, I went out and bought like all the issues and all the connected stuff so I can just binge it um, in a big sitting and then judge it. And that's kind of like a. <laughs> You know, you, you, we, we just talked about single issues versus arcs, but I, I'm going to treat this Joker War arc as one giant big old single issue <laughs> and see like, and so I can binge it and see like, was that co- a cool experience or not? You know, so, so some recent crossovers for me, though. Uh, so Joker War, it did have me. I dipped into the like I dipped into Nightwing and then dipped out fast. Uh, Detective, I read mm-hmm. every issue that comes out anyway, and that was barely tied into Joker War. Mm-hmm. I read some Catwoman, which was okay as mm-hmm. far as like being tied in, but Batgirl was awesome, an awesome mm-hmm. tie-in to Joker War. So it got me to seek out that and read it and really enjoy it. So there's a plus. And then I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Metal, the first yeah. uh, go run, not Death Metal, but just Metal. But I dipped into the the solo shots of each of the yeah. evil Batman, and those the evil Batman were one shots were great, awesome. Those yeah. were awesome. I like those more than the, the Wonder story. Woman one was so good. Yeah, I mean, I think they all were pretty, pretty damn. They good all were all good. strong. So yeah. I, I mean, crossovers that it, it does end up doing for me sometimes what it's trying to get you to do is to explore, you know, set out into other spaces, ooh, and you might, ooh. might like some surprises. Go ahead. The, uh, you, did Lindros. you read? Did you? We're talking about some more metal stuff. Did you read it, the uh, any of the Dark Multiverse one shots? No. Like the recent Batman Hush one or the Batman Nightfall one from from the original metal. Those are both pretty cool. Nope. The, one. Okay. the Nightfall one is more memorable, obviously, because I'm a Nightfall fan, but yeah. it was really cool. Like and it's and it's one of those things where it's like you couldn't okay. really tell this story 
a story like this in mainline continuity or whatever. It was it it's a cool thing where like the the big crossover gives a framework where you can throw out these one shot things. Is it self contained? Yeah, it's a self contained one shot thing, and I think it's on DC Universe already. Excellent. Okay. The, the, well, then the I'll, I'll yeah. shout out to DC Universe. It's F to be DC and so, Finite. Well, yeah, good. You that's kind of how. That's give it a give it a one shot and let me know what you think about it. The Batman who laughs one shot during metal. <laughs> that one was messed up too. So, oh, yes, I'm yes, it was. I'm I'm good for like okay. If they're self-contained, I don't need to be caught up with death metal or rehash metal or anything. I can just kind of go in. Then sure, I'll give it a shot. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than DC Universe. As for Endless Winter. Golden Child, one shot. I know for Endless Winter, if it's good and we need to be reading it, Pete will let us know. So um, my trust is in that man. So if it's good, let us know, Pete, and then we will will follow your lead. But Peter Vera, thank you for sending us a question. Yes. Now we've come to (gasps) the last question. Ooh. From the third head of the vigilante Ooh. 1939. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you think that do you think they all got together and said, let's each send up a send I up a bet question. they did. They probably this said, We gotta, we gotta do this. Because that's three shout outs. <laughs> that's right. Nico Caruso, the son of Daddy Batman. So this is a son of Batman. Daddy Batman. Son of Daddy Batman. I like it. He <laughs> says, what's up, guys? It's Nico from the Vigilante 1939 and the Let's Go Network. Shout out, Justin Polsky. Uh, just so that they know we aren't forgetting about him. Shout out to Garrett Grev also. And yes. as someone who just got a taste of Tom King's Mr. Miracle and Vision, what other character mm. would you like to see explored in this way? Meaning a character or characters used to tell a story regarding real life, mm. modern, relatable themes. Who would you like to see and maybe what theme would you like to see tackled? For example, and context for listeners who maybe haven't read, Mr. Miracle focuses on trauma, pain, and purpose, whereas Vision focuses on family and fitting in. Hmm. That's a... Mm. <clears throat> that's a so, tough question, but it's a good question. So if I had this question before mm, Three Jokers, right. I think I would have said, because I, when it comes to DC, I always lean Batman. I just do. Always, 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 always. So I think I would have leaned toward Jason Todd. In the yes. way of the, well, actually, I'm not saying that. And then it kind of only reinforced and made me think more this way after reading Three Jokers and elements that Jeff Johns and Fabic touched mm. on with Jason Todd. I feel like there could have been, and it, what, what he even says, trauma, pain, and purpose, as well as family and fitting in. All those, I think, is a Jason Todd story. Yeah. Of how he feels so on his own because of the events of death in the family mm-hmm. and what he is now and stuff. And I think he's, he's such an outsider. I think that's, that's a story, but he needs to be, he's a character that for me also, like we've gotten some good and we've also gotten some bad with him and that he yeah. doesn't need to necessarily be a constant to mm-hmm. make him more impactful when he's used. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd say Jason Todd, and then you give me your answer and I'll see if I have another answer. So that's a great question. Um, my mind actually jumped to a non Batman uh, character first. And it was, uh, it was Jessica Cruz green lantern because she, she's a really cool, really interesting character. And, and she's like the green lantern that has like anxiety issues, (laughs) you know? 
she, she has trouble. She's a green. It's like she's a Green Lantern, but she's has trouble like doing basic normal things or like getting out of bed or like depression. You know, anxiety and depression that would be your your things for that one. And they explored that obviously in some of their solo books or the Green Lanterns book, which is fantastic, by the way. Um, and uh, as well as in the uh, the Justice League Fatal Five. Uh, animated movie I'm, my daughter mm-hmm. loves it and she she just calls it batman green lantern <laughs> so and that's her green lantern that you know is uh jessica cruz which is cool um so that so jessica cruz like jumped out to me but the other character that i'm thinking about would be um would be clayface you know the way that clayface was interpreted in uh tynan's detective run mm-hmm. uh, especially in that annual i think would be kind of a cool angle you know you've got your anti-hero but he's also like got rage and aggression and regret and loss and that annual all that kind of stuff on him was awesome mm-hmm. that's a good Flat self-contained awesome. issue too by the yeah. way there you go that's a good one was it annual detective comics annual two two i think yeah yeah the layouts of that and like the film strips and stuff like that and telling his origin that was an, i got yeah, to see awesome i got to see when i went to new york comic con in 2019 i got to see um i got to see the artwork the 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 pencil the the actual real pages of that issue up close it was really awesome yes the Eddie Barrows artwork was really good, and I but I I, I could have bought a page of that, but I ended up buying a page of his from uh, a lonely place of living with Robin on it. So it was great. Okay, um, I'd also say that you could do one on Captain Cold and the the threat of uh, identity theft and how Mister Freeze basically stole his identity and became a guy who shoots. I could see Tom King people, writing you know? that too. <laughs> I mean. I'm not going to lie. When I was little, that was like the first, like, that's what I kind of thought. I was like, Oh, Mr. Freeze is fighting the flash for the longest uh, time. And it's like, Kite Man. Captain Cold came first. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, it was actually annual number one, the Clayface one. Thank oh, you. Google. One. Okay. Worth a Google. Great. But yeah, that, that was a, that one's really good. Uh, Mr. Haas, that's, that does it. My goodness. That does it. What a bunch the, of great uh, questions Dylan. from great people, yeah. mostly people that whose name started with J. <laughs> mostly, mostly J's. I don't. Oh, I don't you know all. what? No shout out to Justin Kowalski. He should have. Uh, no question from him. I, I thought J's usually have a sense about it of like, hey, I think I'm supposed to. They like all stand up like Bruce Wayne. We, needed a, we, we just needed like, a question hey. from from <laughs> Jay Rocca and uh, and Jay Yaws. Shout out to Jay Yaws and Jay Yaws. Yeah, shout out to Jay Yaws. Uh, so yeah, that'll that'll do it for our Q and A. Ryan Haas, thanks cool. for joining me yes. and answering these questions. I love answering Batman you questions. It makes me feel smart. I, I do too. It's just it's. It makes I gotta me feel Google like, everything, but <laughs> I gotta Google everything. But it's but I do feel like I'm more in my wheelhouse when I'm talking about Batman, and I love that yeah. we got to do that for for an over an hour. So <laughs> thank, thank God it's not like send more, send more questions, please. We'll yeah, do let's do this. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say thank God it's not like questions on important things you know <laughs> oh my god yeah because then i'd be like oh, yeah I, know, I, my, my taxes I, or something I, yeah i would much rather be like oh man which five bat suits are my favorite or which single issue batman story is great i i like having to 
really think about those questions these days mm-hmm. instead of other things. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's a great distraction. <laughs> <So. laughs> um, yeah, so um, we'll, we'll do another one of these um, if, if people care enough to to write in. Apparently, this is the most write-ins that we've had. When I threw out the bat signal, people wrote in. It's very, very appreciative. Thank you, everybody that wrote in. Uh, like I said, this is the fourth Q&A. And I mean, mm. if I look at if I look at the numbers, people download and listen to to the other ones. So that's cool. They're also kind of evergreen because most questions aren't like specifically this issue that just yes. came out or something. I mean, aside from the Tom King Batman Catwoman one, everything else is kind of kind of evergreen. That is so. pretty cool because I think the listeners of this show know what the show is and our answer i think people are asking the questions in this show that they probably couldn't or wouldn't really feel like they should ask on other other shows that are more up you know topical up to date so will be funny is after the flash movie comes out and it is totally different in dealing with ben affleck and michael keaton than what we said on here like, see, oh boy. we don't know shit. We didn't. At least we said we didn't know. Yeah. At least we said it. We confessed. We didn't know anything at all. Okay. <laughs> Hoss's dog came in and, and was trying to tell us, but we didn't listen. We just sort of lay down. Didn't listen. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so, hey, do you have any plugs? Tell people where they can follow you if they don't already. What well, you got going on in your universe and all that. You can follow me on Twitter if you don't already. At SMB underscore Ryan, of course, the SMB stands for Super Mario Brothers, as in the Super Mario Brothers movie archive website. Yes, which you can follow on Twitter also at uh, at SMB movie. And of course, I I am the winner. (laughs) I am number one. And I I also run uh, Batman on Films Instagram on Instagram at Batman on Film. Booyah. 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 Excellent. Uh, yeah, I I write for Batman on film. I get to cover the Batman title by James Tynan, the uh, Batman White Knight Harley Quinn mm. series. I get to write reviews on that one mm-hmm. by Katana Collins. Uh, Sean Murphy's mm-hmm. wife. Uh, it mm-hmm. the so far off to a great start. I really, really dig it. I like that world. Uh, yeah, and then randomly other books and stuff on Batman on film. So if you don't want to listen to me and you don't mind reading my words, go ahead and go there for that. Otherwise, like I said at the top of the show, if you don't already, please follow Batman Book Club on Twitter at the Batman BC, and I'll let you know when the next episode is what it is. So you can maybe do some homework. Hint the next one, not hint spoiler or. It's Hush. I already said it. Uh, Hush, Hush is coming yes. up. And then after that, Ooh. there might be this voice from Batman on film that's coming on the show again. So, <gasps> oh my goodness. We got to wait till I tell you what that one is. Um, if you liked what you heard here and have questions for us, uh, write in at thebatmanbc at gmail.com. And lastly, link is in the description of this episode to the Apple Podcast page where you can rate and review the show. And uh, any rating or review is appreciate it so for ryan i'm ryan and until next time read more batman comics you got it